The Eclipse of the Demon Hunter, Shadow Priest, The Enchanted Beasts. Welcome back, young caster. Salutations to the casters you have bought. Prepare yourselves for a turbulent tale that had many wailing in terror and disbelief. Stories never end well for the Shadow Priest. That is something we have learned from the many tales of Thornville. The tale commences many years before, aside an old steam train. It was the day of the solar eclipse, a sight that would bewilder all. The Shadow Priest was a mere child. There was happier memories, though diluted by misery of malevolent magic. Nonetheless, happy memories. To acquire the princess's kiss, a cursed woman who had lost her father, the king, to the demon shaman many years before. And so was set the task of three beasts. This task was set by the demon shaman, whom was at this time trapped in Ashgrail, the maze of torment. Nonetheless, his malevolent magic was still able to ensnare the princess, as the sorrow of the death of the king was enough to allow the malevolence to retain its hold. You see, young caster, with sorrow comes fragility to malevolence and chaos magic. You can either be driven to cast these horrific spells, or be forever tormented by them, even if you are not transported to Ashgrail, the chaos magic can be superfluous on your psyche. The princess was plagued by memories, and though in the diligent guardianship of the queen now regent, this young princess was still tarnished with memories and unable to see the light magic and restore her soul energy. The first beast, unlike you may expect, was not a question of hunting nor slaughter. It was a question of healing and restoration. The iridescent phoenix with a tail like that of a peacock's plume except the colours were even more magnificent, an array of reds and gold. Many years before, in the times of Gori Gorian era, when hunting of protected beasts was allowed, these phoenix were hunted for their plumes and delicious meat. Sadly, the practice continued into the years of enlightenment, though illegal. This plume phoenix is a monogamous beast and had sang and waddled alongside its mate for a thousand years, coddling their necks at every opportunity, until one day members of the High Shaman cult began an illegal hunt. They gathered silver and made enchanted arrows using spells of ice and mist, and without any risk to them they condemned the male to death with one swift blow. When the two plumed phoenix were serenading each other beneath the cherry blossom. The phoenix that was left was the only female in the whole of Thornville by the time our shadow priest arrived. A quaint old farm was the site of this miracle for millennia. The family had protected the species in Thornville, yet poachers continued with their menacing selfishness. As our shadow priest rested aside the old barn, wondering what to do with his day in this foreign village, a young druid named Jane arrived and asked him to assist in her plight to entice the phoenix to a new mate. He retorted, I know nothing of this beast. 
How would I know what to do? Jane replied. There is love inside of us all that can glisten and remind those who have lost it all. We simply sing. For the entire week he was there, the shadow priest followed the two phoenix as the male attempted to entice the female to love. They sang their respective folk songs, and on the twelfth day, the druid and the shadow priest finally harmonised, having spent a great amount of time discussing their visions of what love is. Their kindred friendship engulfed the phoenix, whom unbeknown to them understood the language of Thornville, or at least our shadow priest likes to think. The folk song of Ogusfield and Devonia serenaded the valley aside the river rushes. The two flightless plume phoenix eyes finally met and began to glow. Embers that were like petals flickered from their plumes, and the female shed her plume. Finally, the plume was once again a golden red. The old plume with a strike of gold across it, pure enchanted gold. As a reward, the druid offered one of the shed gold streaked plumes to the young shadow priest. Yet they proclaimed that it was worth one thousand pieces of silver. The cost of a frostlings or a premium cauldron. The shadow priest did not sell the feather. Instead, he presented it to the princess at the spring gala. Discussing the tale with the utmost of glamorization and romantic character. The gold illuminated as he spoke of it. Her eyes glowed like the phoenix's did. The princess's eyes returned from black to hazel. The shadow priest knew it was not yet over. He had to acquire the tooth of the barbear. He knew they lived in the forest near the grove and so set his sights packing a lunch and two elixirs of restoration. The barbear was said to be fierce, though not large enough to kill an adult. Our shadow priest was still a mere boy. He climbed the cliff, clenching each rock with a certitude until he clambered and found the cavern. He had learnt a lot from the druid about the nature of beasts and was ready for the challenge. He lifted a rose apple from his bag and placed it outside the cavern. Not even an adult would enter a barbear's cavern. And be aware, Castor, never confront these beasts in their cavern. There is not a caster who has survived when having entered the barbear cavern. So he waited, then came dusk, and the barbear limped out of the cavern. The shadow priest thought for a moment and recalled the hunters that devastated the phoenix and chose to not kill the barbell. Instead, he tended to the barbear's wound. And to his delight, there was another barbear tooth lodged in its thigh. He rinsed the blood and gave the barbear an elixir. From that day on, the barbear was visited twice weekly, and they would even play together, a memory that only a scarce few say they have. He presented the tooth to the princess, and all the children marvelled at his might. Next was the dragon, an emerald beast with scales as thick as earth's mantle. This time he escorted the princess's to the quest along with his chums for the solar eclipse was nigh and he had but fleeting moments as the moon closed in on the sun's vision there was little time to dawdle and battling the dragon could take hours so instead he remembered the folk song of devonia and whispered it gently whilst playing the ocarina he had acquired from his elders 
he knew only one melody, yet it seemed to be befitting as the dragon relaxed its neck down. To the surprise of many, he climbed into the gut, and instead of slaying the dragon, he stole one of the three hearts and dropped the second elixir into its stomach, clambered out and presented the fire heart. The dragon was unable to be enraged nor cast fire without it and retreated into its cavern. The lunar eclipse began, and the princess's hair turned from white to an iridescent purple when she touched the fire heart. You have won the heart of the dragon, and of I. Oh, you, the you, young priest, she proclaimed. The two embraced under the day of night, and the stars were for the first time seen in the day by these merry young band of fellows. The light of the moon glistened upon them. The corona encircling the moon was a merry vibrant colour. The princess was restored to be continued.